Welcome to Fuse. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. This is uh, the best part of my week. So if you were here um, last week with us, then you know we are going through this series called See No Evil, where we're talking about justice and injustice. Um, Last week, we talked about how it's kind of easy to spot when there's injustice happening all around us, right? Mark asked you guys, name some injustices, and I heard lots of great answers. Um, It was easy. I heard uh, stories from the news, right, of people doing horrible things. We named things like school shootings. We named things like you know, human trafficking, we named racism, we named oppression um, of other countries because of their government. And I wanted to ask, what happens in your head when someone gets away with injustice? What happens in your mind when someone gets away with injustice? What do you think about that? Yeah, good people shouldn't be hurt in a terrible way, and they should be caught. Anybody else? What do you think about it? What do you think about when someone gets away with injustice? Yeah. A little brutal, but hope that their conscience eats them up. Okay? Why? Why are they not getting caught? Good. My next question is... When we think of the people responsible for all these injustices, what exactly do we want to happen to them? You want them to know they did something wrong, and you want them to take responsibility for it. Anybody else? Okay, so a different scale based on what they did, their punishments are on a different scale. Okay, we want them to feel pain. I mean, it, it does sound a little bad, you know, want them to feel pain. But it, it's, that's true. That's exactly what we want. All we can think about um, is we get this kind of anger building up inside because all that we can think about is this person did an injustice. We want them to get caught. And we want them to pay for it. We want them to be punished, right? And I would say it's really easy for anyone to recognize what's wrong around us and want justice. But here is where we get a little bit hypocritical and we don't even really realize it, right? Um, Because a hypocrite is someone who judges someone for something that they also do. And like I said, tonight we're taking a step further and we're going to be looking at the injustice inside of us. Um, And that's a little bit harder for us to to spot. It's something that we can often be blind to. Um, But breaking news, nobody here is perfect, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. And I'm not saying that we're doing things as terrible as the people on the news, right? No one's holding other humans captive and then selling them. No one's murdering a bunch of people, right? We're not doing these like crazy things. But if we're honest with ourselves, we sometimes hold people to this standard of right and wrong that we don't even apply to our own selves. 
And that's where the hypocrisy comes in. But um, I have a clip, and that's a really good example of this. So if you would, turn your attention to the screen. Okay. Uh, everybody close your eyes. I want you to raise your hand if you have ever had a girl say something bad about you behind your back. Open your eyes. Now, close your eyes again. And this time, I want you to raise your hand if you have ever said anything about a friend behind her back. Open them. Uh, it's been some girl-on-girl -girl crime here. Okay, so what we could do today is a couple exercises to help you express your anger in a healthy way. Uh, let's start over here. Miss Norbury had us confront each other directly about the things that were bothering us. And it seemed like every click had its own problems. You've been acting really stuck up ever since you switched to short fielder, and Don agrees with me. Don? Don't drag me into this. I'm pitching tomorrow. I saw my young cat without my eye. Okay. Good. Can I just say that we don't have a click problem at this school? And some of us shouldn't have to take this workshop because some of us are just victims in the situation? That's probably true. How many of you have ever felt personally victimized by Regina George? Good. Okay, who's next? Who's next? All right, so maybe you've seen this movie, maybe you haven't, that's not relevant. But you can see that Regina George plays this terrible character, right? And in this clip, um, she tells the teacher, I don't think I should be here because some of us are just victims. And turns out she's the bully. She's the one who's bullying everyone. She's a terrible person, right? And I want you guys to think about that. Think about it for a second, because we all know that person, right? You guys may know someone at school who's bullying other people, making fun of other people, and you know that that's wrong, and you're quick to tell anybody that that guy's a jerk, right? But then you go home, and you make fun of your siblings or your little cousins, or maybe there's someone here at Fuse that you're like, man, I don't think this person should be here, because, um, let's see... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they're really not living like a Christian. And I just feel like they shouldn't be here because they just don't exemplify Christ in the way that they live. But have you ever stopped to think that the ways that your words, actions, or choices may fall into that very same category? So that leads me to my point number one, which is to recognize the injustice inside of you. Look, we all, none of us are perfect. None of us. And just because we come to this building a few times a week doesn't make us better than other people, right? Um, and I know it's hard to recognize. It's hard to recognize when we're wrong. As a matter of fact, there's a parable in Matthew 7 that we're going to read. And it talks about just how hard it is for us to notice this. This is Matthew 7, verse 3 through 5, and it starts off like this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take out the plank, the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck of your brother's eye. 
So a little bit of backstory here. This is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is a famous sermon of Jesus's. And so far up until now, Jesus had been talking about internalized spirituality. So he had been talking about things like fasting, things like prayer, things like anxiety, materialism, all things that involve kind of like our minds, things between us and God, right? And then in Matthew 7, he starts touching on this very important topic, which is how we think of and treat others. In verse 3, excuse me, in verse 3, we see how hard it is for us to see our own faults sometimes and how quickly we are to point out the faults of others and how others can see our faults quickly also. But this is a good reminder of why we need godly community. Um, Jesus didn't say that it was wrong for us to be right trying to help our brother take out his speck, but not before dealing with the plank in your own eye, which is not always easy to do alone. And so that's actually point number two, which is to have friends who point out your plank. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want friends around me who are just like, man, Nikki, you're awesome. You're so great. Everything you do is great. Um, Because that's not always true, right? Sometimes I'm a jerk, and sometimes I need to be called out about that. And so we need friends who are going to be honest with us. We need friends who are going to help keep us accountable. We need friends who are going to want to help us be more like Jesus. And uh, this is not going to be on the screen, but the book of Proverbs puts it this way, better are wounds of a friend than deceitful kisses of an enemy, meaning that I'd rather have my friends hurt me with the truth because I know they care about me and they love me, rather than random strangers, enemies, right, just saying things that I want to hear. Um, back in Jesus' day, there was a whole group of people walking around with planks in their eyes. Does anybody know who I'm talking about, this specific group of people? What was it? The Pharisees, right. Very well-known group of people, religious group. And these were people with planks. And unfortunately, they only hung out with people that were probably just telling them things that they wanted to hear. Um, And we're actually going to be reading about them in John 8, and we're going to be in verses 3 through 9. And this passage says, um, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger, And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. So what happened here was that these men purposely brought this woman in, uh, to Jesus as he publicly taught in the temple court. So think of like a mall, court, just somewhere where there's a lot of traffic, a lot of people around. Why do you think that they didn't just bring her at a different time or just bring her after Jesus was teaching, was done teaching? To pressure him? To shame her. That's exactly it. They wanted to bring about shame 
for this woman. They wanted to humiliate her as much as they could. Um, and to explain a little bit more of what happened back in this time, to accuse someone of adultery, which is just a fancy word for when someone cheats on their husband or wife, um, meant that you had to have two witnesses, okay? And so you can imagine if someone's cheating on their husband or wife, you think that they're going to be at the mall holding hands, just galloping down the mall food court. Do you think that's how it's going to be? No, right? It's a very private sin. They, they want to keep it concealed. They want it to be in secret, right? So in studying this passage, I found that what possibly happened was that the Pharisees wanted to make a lesson out of someone, so they put together this whole plot. And of course, nobody made her sin, but possibly even the guy that this woman had cheated with was in on the whole scam. And so they plotted to get her to cheat and planted two witnesses to be legally able to convict her of this crime. And it's important, it's important not to forget that there was also a man involved, and he was not brought into this trial. Someone commented on this passage and said, it wasn't that these men had sinned once or twice before and so had no right to be concerned about the woman's sin. It's that they orchestrated and plotted her sin and her shame. In this, Jesus exposed a common sin of ours, which is a desire to punish the sin of others while ignoring our own sin. They were set on condemnation. These people had been so stuck in their ways, believing for so long that they were better than others, that it led them to being these crazy people going to great lengths to bring about shame in other people's lives. The point is that it's not our place to judge. Only God can do that. So let us not stand with the posture of Pharisees with stones in our hands, ready to condemn, ready to shame, right? How can we avoid going down this road? You're like, that doesn't sound like anybody I want to be. How can I avoid being that person? What are some practical steps that I can take to avoid that? Well, if this is you and if you feel like you've been struggling with this kind of pride, this pride that lies to you, okay, lies to you and tells you that just because you come into this building one or two times a week that you're better than the people outside of it. If that's you and you're like, man, I've really been struggling with this pride, I would encourage you, obviously, pray that God would bring about humility in your heart. But I think another great way that encourages humility in our lives is one of my newest favorite quotes and my last point, which is to, uh, you can't throw stones if you're washing feet. And I'm sure some of the first kids volunteers in the room can attest to this, right? I don't know, if, I know Ellie's here, but I don't know who else is in here. But kids are brutal, okay? Kids are brutal. And sometimes they're so energized and not following directions, they're just doing everything else they're telling them not to do. And just like Jesus in that parable, when he you know, bent, or sorry, in that story when he was bending down, riding in the sand, you bend down and you try to console a kid, frustrated kid or crying baby. And there's something about serving that brings about humility inside of us, right? And maybe for some of you, it's not serving in the church. Maybe you're like me and you just have a whole crap ton of people in your life who don't know Jesus. And maybe your call is to serve those people and be possibly the only representation of Jesus that they'll ever see. 
I don't want to go into this too much, but in Matthew 9, Jesus is having dinner at a tax collector's house, and the Pharisees begin to ask in this very holier-than-thou voice, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors? And his answer was, because it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Now, we surely aren't the doctor, but we know him well. So we could do his work just by loving the people around us, especially the people who don't know him, right? The people who don't know Jesus, the people don't know what he's capable of doing. Band, you guys can come back on up. <clears throat> so just to hammer down those points, um, point number one was to pay attention to the just injustice inside of you. Maybe you just started coming to church and this is your next step. Recognizing that we're not naturally good people, okay? It's easy for any one of us to look around and see the injustices in the world, but taking a deeper look inside of us to recognize that we're not any better. It's only in the belief of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and making Jesus the king of our life that can put us in right standing with God. Point number two was to have friends that point out your plank. Maybe this is you and you don't have any friends that do this for you. Maybe you just have friends who tell you what you want to hear. Keep coming to Fuse. Keep connecting with boys and girls in your age and come to camp with us. It's a great time to connect with people in your age and in your gender, right? It's a great, great time to make friends like that. And point number three was can't throw stones if you're washing feet. Maybe you're here and you know that it's time for you to start serving here at church. And if that's you, please come talk to me or Mark and we'd love to get you plugged in into first kids, first friends, whatever that is. Um, but ultimately that's what we're called to do. And when we're facing with injustice and pride, our point is to be more like Jesus. So I hope that we can do that this week. I'm going to pray for us and we're going to do one more song and you guys are dismissed. Father in heaven, Lord, I just thank you so much for this word, God. I thank you so much um, that we're able to take a step back and look at the injustice inside of us. God, I pray that you would humble each and every single one of us, Lord, and remind us that we're not perfect and we're not any better than the people outside of this building just because we come here. We're loved and we're cherished, absolutely. But so are they. You care about them just as much as you care about us. And so God, would you kill the pride in our lives that's stopping us from being um, the best version of ourselves and being more like you? Would you teach us this week how to be um, more humble and to kill the injustices inside of our lives? We love you, Lord. Jesus, name I pray.